Hey everyone, and welcome back to Spice Rack Podcast. I'm Savannah. And I'm Emily. And we are talking about all things books, specifically spicy romance books. Basically, if if it's fading to black, if they're not having sex, we're not reading it. That's kind of where we're at. Um, to give a little intro about us and what we love in our favorite books, um, we can talk about our favorite tropes, the favorite things we love to see happen in our fave novels, um, and what really makes us want to read something. Definitely. So I am a lover of all things enemies to lovers, arranged marriage, fake dating, especially mafia books. If it has Russian bravada, Italian mafia, sign me up. I am reading it. Uh, if it's super dark, someone touches you, I'll kill them, possessive kind of book. I'll read it darker, the better. Um, I love the college type setting, if, especially if it's like an academy, like secret society, that would instantly get at least three to four stars. And um, I also like the um, falling in love with like your brother's like teammate, like sports books, especially if it's a hockey book, I will be reading it. Um, yes, also a huge fan of enemies to lovers. I love a dark, broody, alpha asshole who's like touch anyone touch her and I'll kill you vibes like that is my favorite thing um also love an academic setting so very into a college or a high school um high school is only fun if they're 18 though you know we love consent also um very much into praise so big fan of um a good girl in a book <laughs> I think it's funny too because Emily and I are reading pure smut high grade smut pure. about about these dark men who are like <laughs> head of the mafia they're killing people We're like they have singing. like jail, like jail tattoos like these are like guys <laughs> that like we would be afraid to even say hi to in public 100 100 if a man like this approached me in the street <laughs> my face would be tomato red. Like I would not be able to talk to them. I would be so nervous. And we don't date anyone like this. I'm married and he, Seth is a marshmallow. He is none of these things. And that's okay. Emily, I don't think you've ever dated anyone in the mafia, have you? No, I am the perpetually single friend that doesn't (laughs) even, I will download Bumble 20 times just to not talk to a person on there. But with Mm -hmm. these books, my book boyfriends yeah my book boyfriends are very dark and I will not be judged for that okay we're not gonna this is a wholesome uplifting community of women men they thems you're all welcome here and we're just gonna read some pure smut and we're gonna talk about all of these hot hot men hot women people that we love um and that's it no judgment no judgment like these books almost have me thinking an arranged marriage will be fine so <laughs> honestly I'm two steps away from setting you up for one so if anyone has a brother friend cousin that we could put Emily in an, an arranged marriage with that would be fantastic please hit us up our email we created an email we're taking this podcast very seriously it's the spice rack pod at gmail.com so you know I would love to know how tall this person is what he does for a living does does he have a 401k these are the <laughs> questions that we're gonna ask it's okay if he's short it's short king spring like we're ready for all of these things 100 percent. i would just go along with the flow maybe this is how i was destined to meet the one so this is like kind of an arranged marriage so we're kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum because i'm hoping that through this podcast 
and we can find Emily and Man. The other part of this is that as we are like testing these spice books and we're reading smut to then talk about it, I'm a little concerned that I'm going to be pregnant by the end of this. <laughs> so hopefully Emily gets a man and I have a very high potential to get knocked up. Em, how are you? I am good. It is sunny and warm in Atlanta, which is very nice. And so kind of have like slowish kind of busy week because Savannah and I will be in Charlotte next week visiting one of our best friends, Ashley. So kind of getting everything ready for that trip. So it's been good. I um, finished reading Confess by Colleen Hoover. Definitely recommend if you haven't read it and Fix Her Up by Tessa Bailey. And I'm currently reading The Dark Fae, which is my first like introduction to fantasy and like reverse harem. Okay. I, we're going to talk about Fix Her Up on the podcast. So I don't want to give too much away. The reason that I recommended that we do this book is because the main character is literally modeled after Dansby Swanson and it just makes it so much better to imagine Dansby doing all of these things. And if you don't know who Dansby Swanson is, he plays for the Atlanta Braves. Definitely look him up. Um, so fine. Yeah. So, he's, I mean, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent baseball player. We love him. We're Braves fans, obviously. But I mean, the man is incredible. He is so fine. He really and is. And she does a great job. Like, in like writing about him like the descriptions literally like you're reading about Dansby Swanson <laughs> literally she like said in an interview she was like yeah I was watching baseball and I don't ever watch baseball but I saw this person and I was like hmm I'd have sex with him and then she wrote a book about it and it's so good so good so if you um have not read that book go ahead and read it um I bought the hard copy and I'm really glad that I did so definitely make sure that you buy it and because we will be covering it I think, um, and so you're not, I don't want to say that you're not loving Dark Fae. I feel like you're not loving Dark Fae as much as I, so the whole series is called The Ruthless Boys of the Zodiac, and it's by Caroline Peckham and Suzanne Valenti, and they have this, like, they have a whole universe that they have created, Um, but I feel like you're not quite as into it, which is fair. Yeah, I think I definitely understand, like, the talent that it takes to be able to, like, write about like these different characters like the different mystical characters but right now I'm getting very confused about like who is who and like what their power is so maybe we'll see as I continue if it will get a little bit less confusing okay yeah I mean reverse harem it is what it is it's a lot of bricks going on in one book it's overwhelming and then they start having sex and you're like I cannot keep up and as you're reading it feels overwhelming. Like I, I personally would be overwhelmed, but I love this for her. Absolutely. Like she's like living like her best life. Like she has all <laughs> these like male attentions. I'm like, girl, do what you have to do. Pop it. Whatever. Okay. Um, I went to the beach yesterday, which was very refreshing. It was good for my soul. I'm thankful that I live in South Georgia and that we're back in like spring, summertime. Um, currently, I'm in kind of a book slump. I can't find anything that I want to get into. And I know the problem is that I reread Vicious to talk about it for this episode. And now I'm like heartbroken because you get so attached to these characters. And like, I read about him and all of his friends and his children and their children. And like, 
it just now I'm kind of like in this huge slump because I have a book hangover because all my friends I'm like not reading about them anymore I think is what's happening to me no 100% I finished reading Vicious and his friends books and their kids I was like really felt like I was a part of the family (laughs) but then I had to like close the book and like go back to reality I was like oh so I definitely understand yeah I'm also kind of in a fantasy mood currently. Um, and so I got an advanced reader copy of this book and it's called The Change. And currently it's got like a witchy vibe. I don't think it's spicy, but I'm still into it. Um, and I'm thinking that maybe I'm going to finally start A Court of Thorns and Roses and join the Akatar cult. So I will keep you posted on if that's a decision I decide to make. I also found a book on Kindle. That is called the Vampire Bratva series. <laughs> I was like, these are my two favorite things. Like, I have a vampire fetish. It has been deeply ingrained in me since Twilight. And so that in the, the mafia, like, I'm overwhelmed. I can't think of two better things. I might even have to read that one because I love the Bratva. <laughs> Like, can you imagine if they were also vampires? Like, I'm overwhelmed just thinking about it. That sounds incredible. So before okay. we get in to start to talk about Vicious and Baron Spence, uh, we are going to give a little insert about LJ Shen. She is the author of Vicious, and she is an international best-selling author, and she writes contemporary romance and new adult novels. All her books are dual POV, which for me is a huge thing when it comes to books. And she tends to focus on like the alpha, like possessive hero man. Some of her books include the All Saints High series, Boston Bells, Sinners of Saints, and The Devil Wears Black. And you can follow her on TikTok and Instagram at author LJ Shen. And today we're going to talk about Vicious by LJ, which is her first book in the Sinners of Saints series and focuses on Baron Spencer, Amelia LeBlanc. Let's get into the love story that is Baron, Spencer, and Amelia. So this, we start off in Toto Santos, California. That is where they start in high school together. So Toto Santos is supposed to be between San Diego and LA, super rich community. Um, Baron Vicious has a huge estate. His parents are never there. He's kind of ruling the school, ruling Toto Santos on his own as like a 17 year old and Amelia's family is hired to be basically the help. Um, her mom is hired to be like a maid and a cook. And then her dad is going to be a mechanic. And so they meet immediately. It's an instant hate situation. Um, they do not start off on the right foot. (laughs) I don't think they're ever really on the right foot until like we get really into the story. Basically what happens is that Amelia overhears a conversation and Vicious thinks that it's really damning evidence of him and what he's been through. And so he hates her from the start. As they're going through high school together, he is bullying her, being mean to her. And he and his friends are continuing to rule the school. So his friends are the four potholes of Toto Santos. Terrible name. We recognize that. And they're kind of the kings of the castle, basically. So Amelia starts dating one of the four hotholes, Dean. I think that he really did have feelings for her. She never really had a spark for him. It was always for Vicious. 
Um, and basically Vicious hates this, hates that they have a relationship and pays Amelia $10,000 to get out of town and not come back. So she leaves. And then 10 years later, they meet again in New York City. Amelia has always been an artist. And so she is very much the starving artist of New York um, with her sister, Rosie, who has cystic fibrosis. And so Amelia is a lot of times supporting both of them and having to work multiple jobs. So she sees Vicious 10 years later. He gives her an offer that she feels like she really can't refuse. So he offers to pay her $150,000, give her and Rosie this really nice apartment. She will be his PA and this like unspoken favor that he's going to ask of her in the future. So she agrees. The one caveat he says is like, you can't fall in love with me. And obviously we know that that never works. What we learn of the unspoken favor is that Vicious has been harboring revenge and wanting to take revenge on his dad and stepmom for some abuse as a child. And then also for killing his mother. Dun, dun, dun. And so after his parent, after his father dies, he wants to have complete ownership of all of his fortune and leave his stepmother penniless. So not really a Nate killing involved, but like definitely some, some deep drama. So Amelia and Vicious, their love story kind of starts to blossom in the middle of it. He has to run back to Soto Santos and kind of enact his plan. Um, in doing so, he realizes that he loves Amelia and he comes back and she does not want to hear from him. He abandoned her on Christmas Day. Pretty bad. And while he was home, he brought a girl back to his hotel room that, of course, small town Amelia heard about. Nothing happened, but it's the principal, right? And so he realizes that he loves Amelia and she wants nothing to do with him, which is glorious to dish it back at him from all of these years of them kind of pining for each other, but him ultimately just being like a bully and she's able to dish it back tenfold. Um, she, they move out of the apartment. She ends up in this kind of seedy location and like not the best area. So every day for three and a half months, Vicious meets her at the subway station and walks her back to her apartment. And then he asks if he can have 10 minutes of her time. And she says no and slams the door right in his face, which is beautiful. And he pines and grovels like the best of them. Eventually she gives in and they do have a happily ever after, but a lot of family drama, a lot of groveling, a lot of spice to come in this story, and ultimately just a really sweet love story of kind of a bully romance from high school to the present. And one of those things that they had, had always been the one for one another, um, and they both knew it, but were just too stubborn and young and stupid to give into it. And then we finally get the happily ever after 10 years later. This book was a five star across the board. Across the board. Five stars. So if you listen a day to read it. Um, nothing I love more than enemies to lovers book. This is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, give it a million stars. The tension between Amelia and Baron is just so hot. When he ran her out of their town, I absolutely hated him. But when he showed up at the apartment that she shared with her sister and offered to help, all the grief, all the red flags went away. I was like, he's a great man. He offered to help them. Emily, and, no, you were in it as soon as he offered to help them the first time. I, yeah, 100%. <laughs> like 100%. Oh, 
<laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> love it. Sign yeah. me up. But um, I just really liked, and I really liked Amelia a lot. I, um, I really liked that she just did not just like cower and like she had a lot of spitfire. We don't see that um sometimes with like the female main characters, but just the way that the alpha persona he is pers- like protective and sharp and the friend group like I just like liked it all it was just like a nice cherry on top just yes perfect yes I think the best thing that I love about bitches so much is like his banter and his thought process is so funny like such a typical asshole but I'm like just so in love with him this man he is the ultimate blueprint of like what I would want in a book boyfriend book partner this is it. He is it. Yeah, 100%. I will say, though, I don't I don't forgive him for running her out of Toto Santos when he shows up and offers the first deal. I love that you do, but I don't forgive him until he grovels. The groveling is, I mean, he grovels like no other man can do it just as good. He was, I think, like, I was just, like, sold because I was like, okay, he didn't have, like, the best upbringing. He had, like, emotional <laughs> trauma. So, like, I can't really be mad at him. Like, what he did running her out, like, was the absolute worst. But, like, I did also, like, feel bad for him. Like, he wasn't, like, you know, that frontal lobe was not developed. So, he did not know about what he was thinking. And then when he saw, like, Rosie, because she has cystic fibrosis, I was like, a man. I love no I love Vicious Spencer I don't have empathy for Vicious Spencer (laughs) that's the difference I'm not empathetic towards his cause I think that he was a dick I think that he's probably still a dick and if but he tips well right like he's that guy in New York that is like walking fast not paying anybody any attention has more money than God and brushes everyone else off but he does I think he would tip well and so I think that I like that about him so too like I think if you get on like his good side you're like you're set yeah the other thing too is like he's firing people left and right in this book like PAs yeah. fired <laughs> yeah the PAs stand no chance in this book <laughs> if you're a PA don't go to that company literally you're lost yeah because if Vicious isn't firing you then one of the other four of them is gonna sleep oh, with you yeah and then you're pregnant you. You date someone that your friend dated in high school. So going back to how like Vicious um, was with Amelia when Dean and Amelia used to date. Um, I don't know. I don't know that like, here's the thing. If I went to a high school that had people that looked like these people in high school, like maybe as I'm thinking back to my high school experience, I'm like, no, I'm not dating any of you fuckers. Like none of y'all are doing it for me. But I mean, I guess maybe if like, you felt like that was the one person for you and you should have done something about it then like yeah what do you think I think it depends on like how close like the friend and I like were like at the time and if like we're like still friends because I feel like if we are like good friends in high school like at some point I gave like advice about their relationship it's like I would kind of be like weird like now I'm dating you and I used to give like your ex like advice on the relationship but there's nobody in my high school that I would date so um I just I just don't think I could do it yeah I think that's the problem like there's no one that comes to mind that I'm like I'm dying to date you so bad that I'm gonna like go behind my friend's back yeah but in this in this situation 100% I would do it I think I would 100% do it too especially because like Dean never reached I tried to reach out like you know like the 10 year like it was kind of just like like all the communication was severed 
and like vicious I don't think he was ever gonna let Amelia get away he was gonna keep groveling groveling until she said yes Yes. so um I understand in this situation but I don't think I could do it would you be upset if okay so like role reversal would you be upset if you dated somebody in high school and then one of your friends dated your high school ex I think so only because I'm still really close to my high school like girlfriends so like I think that would be but if they like sat me down because like high school relationships like how serious like do they like get like if she like sat me down and was like he's my person da, 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 then like I'll be okay with it but if like they just started dating without telling me I think I would be upset about it okay yeah I mean my high school if anyone's dating my high school ex I'm praying for you you know like I'm sure you're probably not doing well so thoughts and prayers in your direction same with probably every person that I've I'm not losing sleep over them (laughs) (laughs) like I don't know we want to be relatable but like I don't think I can relate to any part of this unfortunately and that's why we read about it (laughs) exactly get lost in there you accept the offer from someone that you hated and hated you for your sister yeah 100 percent. and I would have fallen in love immediately 100 percent. like when Baron when she, I was like yeah like I won't fall up now it would have been an immediate thing but 100 percent. because worst case scenario I can secure the bag like crazy yeah. or like my sick sibling and then peace out once I have all the money yeah exactly I agree yeah, I'm I'm doing it 100. percent Listen, 150 thousand dollars is a lot of fucking money. This was written in 2016, so like, and it's rent. He gives him such a nice apartment. All that stuff is covered. Literally, factor in inflation. I'm fucking doing it. Like, exactly. how much would that be now? I don't even need to know. I would have said yes because he originally offers 100k, and she says no, and then he bumps it up to 150. I would have taken it at 100, but I respect Millie for taking it at a 150. So let's see. So technically, at one point, Millie was working for Vicious. Do you think that office romances are unethical, and would you do it? Mm, okay, this is fun because Vicious was her boss. So, like, yeah, like I would say that that's probably not good. On the flip side, I love an office romance trope. I love a a boss trope. So, like, would I do it? No. What I do I like to read about it? Yes. That's how I feel. I don't know. Like I think it's probably unethical if someone is like holding power over you and they can fire you at any time, but like that's what makes it more fun. No, I 100% agree. I love reading about office romances. Um LJ has a good office romance book. It's called Dirty Headlines. Really hot in spite of my favorite office romance books. I think that I'm kind of in the gray area between ethical and unethical as long as there's like full-on consent between both parties and both parties like agree like there has to be some contract like if I stop sleeping with you you're not going to fire me yeah type thing going on then like I think that's okay personally would I do it absolutely not like even when I have to like talk to like somebody of authority my voice is shaky I am so nervous <laughs> like there's just no way <laughs> no way but I don't think I think that if you have everything worked out between the two parties, then it's not unethical. Yeah. I mean, we love consent. We love a consensual relationship, consent queens. So if you figured it out, cool on you. I think it's interesting though. So the company that Seth works at, I cannot work there. 
they like have it in the thing where like if you're married to someone else your spouse cannot work for the company and it's this like big company that employs all these people but I'm not allowed to work there okay so that's how my when my parents met they both met at the they're working at the same place and they were like workplace romances were um against the rules my dad quit so that they could like date but it was like a big thing they're like you're not allowed even if like hr knows about it like you're just like not allowed to have like any kind of like employee relationship which i thought was was crazy and he quit he <laughs> quit. So sweet. oh my god a real life romance i love that real life romance if he's not quitting his job for you does he even like no <laughs> we're raising the barley <laughs> I think a quote that like sums up how I feel about this whole book is when he finally confesses that he loves her and this like, mm, let me just read it. Let me just read it. Vicious murmured into my face. The public display, display of affection from him, not sexual, not bullying, but pure naked affection filled my chest with warmth, but I tried to small it down my hope. What do you want? I turned my gaze to meet his and suddenly we were in New York in a gallery full of people we are in my old room, ignoring the party in the world around us, a world that we constantly disregarded when we were together. I want you, he said simply, just you, nothing else, only ever you. So romantic. So romantic. <laughs> the, blue, wanna, the blueprint. I literally want to cry. <laughs> the blueprint right there. I don't care if he ran her out of town. Like that just like makes up care. for the whole 10 years. He's forgiven. He's forgiven. I don't care what he did to her. Emily and I have created this pyramid that is the holy grail of how we will place book boyfriends on this pyramid. I want you to think Abby Lee Miller, you know, you're at the bottom of the pyramid, you're halfway through, you're good, I'm waiting for you to be great. And then once again, at the top of the pyramid, Maddie, okay? So that's the frame of reference that you should have. Top of the pyramid, we're calling God tier. These men are godlike. They are gods among us. They're perfect. They they might have flaws, but we think they have no flaws. Exactly. exactly. The god tier guys are the blueprint. The blue the blueprint. <laughs> so we have god tier. Then below that, we have white picket fence. You want to settle down with them. You want to have some kids. You want to live a happy, happy life with them. Not everybody can be god tier. But, I mean, you can happily, happily be white picket fence with somebody. Then, one step below that, we've got your long-term boyfriend you thought you'd marry, but you ended up not marrying. You might live together. He makes you happy. You're probably having good sex, right? Physical intimacy is there. You know each other's friends. You know each other's parents. Something comes up and it splits you up along the way. That's where we'd put these people. You date them long-term. You think you're going to marry them but you can't finish it off. You're calling off the wedding and this like emotional season finale. That's what the third level is. Our final level. Some might would call the most important. <laughs> the bottom tier of the pyramid. You're going to soft launch this guy on Instagram, right? You're, you're maybe putting, you're at coffee and you've got the cup in front of his face. You can see no features about him but you're with a man and you want other men and other people to know that you're with the man. And like with, so the, soft, with the soft launch, your friends know his name. He's not just boy with the green shirt <laughs> or, or biology Joe. Like your friends know his <laughs> real name. Yeah, your close friends. He's upgraded from 
blank blank boy in your group chat right like everyone has that Emily had Tylenol boy for quite a long time (laughs) so he's upgraded from that but he's not making the feed he's being soft launched in the Instagram stories and that's the base level of the pyramid because I mean honestly no man in a book is going to be below a soft launch. If he is, I'm not reading the fucking book. Like, I refuse. Like, and, like, even if he is, like, a soft launch, that's going from Snapchat to Messenger. It's, like, <laughs> even, like, there is some sort of, like, connection there where you're willing. You take him off with do not disturb. So, like, you yeah. still, like, feel something, but it's not, like, you're not going to, like, ghost him right away. Yeah, yeah. I would say that a soft launch is, like, he is the creme de la creme of fuck buddies. He is the number one sneaky link and you'll put his forearm on your Instagram and that is an honor. He should be honored to be there. Yeah. You're probably having, we're having great sex. We have great chemistry, but like no way in hell would you ever share a bathroom with him and a tiny two bedroom apartment. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So there's the pyramid explained. Very important. This is actual science. We are women in STEM. <laughs> Research science. We have master's degrees. So like, we we're <laughs> so like, you should believe us. We are like somewhat educated. And so this is what we've put our um, student loan debt deserving master's degrees into is creating this beautiful formula for this pyramid. And so Emily, where do you put Baron Spencer on the pyramid. God tier. God tier. <laughs> I would propose to him the groveling, the coldness, the assholeness, the blueprint. God tier. If I could manifest my future husband, Baron Spencer. God That's tier. That's it. I would also put vicious is God tier. Listen, I read this book in January of 2020, and then for 12 days, January of 2021. For 12 days, I did nothing but read LJ Shen books. It put me in such a tizzy of a spiral. I read the entire All Saints High series. I read the entire Sitters of Saint series. I read every one of her series, every one of her standalones. I read her entire, her entire collection in 12 days because that's what Vicious did to me. It's a, like reading Vicious is the trigger. Like once you read it, you're you're going down. Like there's no path. I still, I think I've read all of LJ's books because of Vicious. Yes. This is the one that gets you hooked. And then truly you come to like two weeks later and you're like, where have I been? Oh, I've been in the LJ Shen rabbit hole. That's where like, I've been. With this, because you have the hot holes and then they have this series about their kids. Like towards the end, I really felt like I was a family member. I felt like I was mourning like I literally finished the series and I was in deep deep despair of a book hangover because I was like these characters have become a part of my life like I feel like I'm talking to them every day for a couple of weeks and then you're then it's over and you're expected to move on I will also say talking about vicious I think it's really important to talk about Vaughn who is vicious's son oh all like, like all the red flags that went away with <laughs> Baron went away with his son. I don't care how dark. And also with his son, I do like how the art concept like continues. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, so the best good. father and son duo. I love them. Yeah, and it's funny because Vaughn even talks about like 
Vaughn feels his son feels like he doesn't love him as much as he loves his mom and Vicious is like yeah I mean that's pretty true like you're cool and all and I like care about you but I really fucking love your mom one thing I do like it's the same Vaughn has the same um character trait that Spencer does like he will protect those who he loves regardless and we see that in angry god with his son and it's just like so fine so good so good I just felt like we didn't do the we didn't do the Spencer family justice if we didn't also talk about Vaughn and how much we loved him. Just the perfect trio, like perfect. Oh. Thoughts on Vicious? I'm just saying, if you haven't read it, go. It's on Kindle Unlimited. You can buy it at the bookstore. You'll have any excuse not to read it. It is just chef kisses, and you will fall in love with the whole series. So just be prepared. Yes. It takes you on such a spiral. I love them all. I feel like they're a part of me and my little book family. Yeah. Like Vicious is like one of those books that you read on your Kindle or Nook and you want to buy the hard copy. Moving on. Um, we're reading another book. We're talking about another book next week. And this is probably the way that I feel about Vicious. Like this is probably how Emily feels about Say You Swear by Megan Brady. And we're so excited to talk about it next time. Yeah, so if you have not read it, um, go ahead and read it. It is on Kindle Unlimited, so it is free, and then you can buy it in bookstores on Amazon. Um, it is such a good book. Savannah recommended it to me and, like, going to make the top 10 of 2022 books. Just so good. Yeah, it's probably the best book that I've read this year. It's such an emotional roller coaster. It is. It is. And, like, it does, like, it has romance. It has spice. But, like, it also, like, has, like, some self-discovery and just, like, really relatable moments. I feel like almost all, like, girls and guys, too, like, can relate. So I love it. It is the college setting. So make sure yeah. you read it to be prepared for next week. It's incredible. This is one of those books that, like, if you're on the train or you're, like, in public, you can read most of it and, like, not yeah. feel embarrassed. Like, they're not fucking every page. So that's good, you know? 100%. That's a good vicious, balance. Vicious, maybe. But not in public. I think I read it in public, but I also because I was getting ready to read this book, I bought the hard copy or the paperback. Um, and it has an alternative cover and it has so this like cute cover without a naked man on front of it. So if you want to read it in public, I would highly recommend the paperback because it does not look quite as um trashy as it could if it's the naked man cover this week. Thanks for listening to us talk about Vicious. Hopefully you read it and you were kind of talking along with us, able to answer some of the questions. You can find us on Instagram at Spice Rack Pod. Um, and then we have an email. No, you shouldn't. No one should email us, no. should they? <laughs> but you should give us a rating and just like, huh? no, like leave your comments, like what you liked, what we should like change. And um, so we'll know that for the future episodes. Yeah, I'm sure there were maybe 12 people that listened to this and it's probably like our moms and our closest friends and like maybe my husband. So that's probably <laughs> it. But if you're here and you don't know us, thanks for joining us and we will see you next time. All right, see you next week, guys. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Spice Rack podcast. As a reminder, some people have a bookshelf. We've got a spice rack. We'll see you next week.